The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What does it mean to be present? to try and stay in the moment that you're in and not worry about the future or regret the past. It's something I've been trying to do for a long time. I'm Diane Ray, and I have always had questions about the big picture. God, life after death, spirituality, metaphysics, and what drives people to do what they do. And I like to ask them about it and learn from it. If you're a seeker like me, I hope you join me for some of these conversations on the podcast and be present with me in this moment. Thanks so much for joining the conversation with me today. So if you're feeling stuck in your life, career, and even your relationships, you definitely want to stick around for today's show. We've all felt this feeling of just being stuck in quicksand and not moving. And we're sitting at our desks or we're at wherever we are where we're working and we're dreaming about what we could be doing instead of sitting at our desks or sitting in front of our computers. So you're definitely going to relate to this conversation if you're feeling this way. So I first heard about my guest, Shelby Stanger, from a good friend of mine here in San Diego named Shannon. And she kept telling me, you have to talk to Shelby. She does this amazing podcast with REI called Wild Ideas Worth Living. You need to talk to her. I'm like, okay. So I checked out the podcast, listened to some episodes. I'm like, Okay, this is great. I could really, uh, I could get into this. Shelby has come up with a formula for turning your dreams into your day jobs. So even just a few weeks ago, I was at my friend Shannon's house for a little happy hour, and I met her neighbor named Izzy, who owns a business here called Surf Diva Surf School that offers surfing lessons and camps for women. Izzy's known Shelby for years. Oh, another connection. So now Izzy's telling me, you have to talk to Shelby. She's great. She wrote this book. Then I see Shelby like, you know, a week or so later at the TEDx talks here in San Diego. I'm like, okay, there's just too many, you know, synchronicities and coincidence here. I have to get her on my show and talk to her, find out what's going on. So I'm so happy to welcome Shelby to the podcast today. So thanks for taking the time. Diane, thanks for having me on. I love what you've built and uh, we need more of this in the world. So I'm stoked. <laughs> We're trying. And I just wanted to tell people, it was just so funny. Like I love signs and synchronicities and, and you talk about that in the book. And there was just so many signs and synchronicities for uh, us to meet and chat. So I'm like, okay, we have to do this. So I love your book, Will to Wild, Adventures Great and Small to Change Your Life. And so when my friend Shannon said, hey, I'm going to this book signing, you've got to go. So I went and I bought the book, went to the signing. I heard your talk, heard your story. 
And I'm like, okay, I want to get Shelby on the podcast, but I want to read the book first because I, I actually like to read the book before I talk to anybody. So I really love this because it's not your usual self-help book. You share a lot of your personal life as well as stories from the many amazing guests you've interviewed on your podcast. And you really challenge the reader to ask themselves, if not now, when? When are you really going to do this? You know, and a, and a lot of it, a lot of the key that you share is to get out from behind the desk and get back in nature. And a little time outside with some moments in awe can be life changing. And I really love that message to, you know, shake us up, get us out, you know, get us outside. So I was just curious about, you know, your upbringing. I mean, were you always that risk seeking kid, you know, that loved to be outdoors or did that just kind of gradually come later? I think I was always a little risk seeking. I, I had two older sisters and they used to like put me in a laundry basket with pillows and drag me across the house like as their game. I was their toy. So I loved thrills, but my family was not outdoorsy at all. Their idea of a vacation was going and staying at a hotel in Palm Springs, which was awesome. But like there was no camping. We lived in Cardiff by the sea, which is a town known for surfing and the beach. And my dad hated going to the beach. He didn't even like sand. So I found surfing and the outdoors really when I went to camp as a 11 year old. And it's interesting because the reason why I say, if not now, when is because I learned at a really young age that life is short. My dad died suddenly of a heart attack when I was 11. And that summer, my mom sent me to surf camp. And, you know, I was lucky. My mom is a social worker. So she had us talk about our feelings and grief. And I kind of understood what she was talking about, but I got a lot more answers surfing in the water than I could ever get in like a therapist's office or just talking to someone about grief. And I think what's so cool about nature, whether you're an 11 year old, whether you've had something bad happened to you, or you just want to shake stuff up, is that adventuring outside in nature is really joyful and it brings us back to play. And I don't know, we're in this time in the world in 2023 where after the pandemic, like things are just serious and heavy and there's a lot of just like ugh, in the world. But like when you do something thrilling like surfing, first of all, it tricks you into meditating and it's super healing because in the water, you sit and you just sit on your surfboard a lot and you accidentally meditate. But also it's like play and playing is just so good for our mental health. And I don't know, adventure is just play. And yes, we talk about awe in the book and awe for those who are kind of confused by what it is, awe can happen outside of nature. It can happen when you hear a great song or you see a piece of art or a baby or you have a loved one and something happens, you get the point. But awe also happens a lot in nature. If you think about the times you've seen a magical sunset or a dolphin leap or a bird swoop down and grab a, a worm or a snake, it kind of stops you in your tracks. And if before you experienced awe and saw something like that, you were in a bad mood, maybe you were stuck in traffic, maybe you had a crappy day at work, well, after you see something like that, something immediately happens and you shift. And first of all, you forget about your crappy mood and you often soften. You feel more grateful. You feel small, but yet connected to other people in the same way. I mean, everybody knows what it's like to look up and see stars. And we're just in this time in life where people are trying all sorts of things from psychedelics to gurus to whatever. That's all fine. 
but like looking up at the stars is a pretty fast way to have all these amazing emotions at once. So that's kind of what this book is about, but I use a lot of stories and a lot of different types of examples of adventure to do so. Because listen, I'm never gonna climb Mount Everest and I'm never gonna paddle on a paddleboard from Alaska to Mexico. You know, everybody's idea of adventure and the will to wild is different. So yeah, I'm glad you liked the book. Thank you. I and did. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. And I and I love what you're sharing as far as the feeling of awe because you described it in such a great way. And um, people that have listened to this podcast before, they knew my or they know about my uh, Hay House days, and maybe they've listened to me on Hay House Radio or or with Dr. Wayne Dyer. But that was something that he always talked about that feeling of awe. And it is hard to explain, but just like you're describing, where if you look out and you see dolphins leaping, or I remember one time going on a, a whale watch in Maui. And just when you see them come out of the water and the tail slap and you're like, you know, you're just in that state where nothing's bothering you. You're not thinking about the money you're not making or any, anything else, the job you don't have, your relationship, you're kind of just in that moment. And it just feels, it feels so good. So really kind of bringing more of that into your life is going to be so healing for so many people to be able to recognize that and search for it and find it. Yeah. You know, recently I've been writing about this thing that's not in the book, but I wish it has, but there's a song that talks about B D E, which is big D energy. And you can look up what the D stands for, <laughs> but it's pretty funny. Right. But I think adventuring in nature evokes big kid energy, B K E. Like you can't help but feel like a kid when you go outside and you go on a hike or you go surfing or you go rock climbing or you just garden outside or you bird watch or you plant flowers. Like we all need to get back to our little kid, big kid energy. I think it feels really good and it's really important for healing. It is. And for people that are feeling a little intimidated, maybe listening to this, like I'm not going to go out and run a marathon or, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to you know, swim the English channel or whatever. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to start at Mount Everest or anything like that. And I love throughout the book, you give these great insights called pro tips, you know, giving people just kind of small action steps. And I think that's so great, you know, to give somebody something that's doable, you know, even, I mean, one of the things I did during the pandemic, I wasn't much of a walker. But I started walking more, just even around the neighborhood or, or going, I would actually drive to a better neighborhood, <laughs> like in Mission Hills, you know, where there's big houses. And I would walk around there and kind of put my energy like Louise would, Louise Hay would say, you know, think, manifest what you want. And I'm like, oh, I want this house, this house. Or I would just walk around different places or the beach or something, but just getting yourself out, you know, um, and, and out of your situation is so helpful. So that that's a great part of the book. So telling people that they can start small is, I think, um, going to encourage them to get out there and do it. I love that you did that. So I think you went to these wealthier areas also right. because <laughs> wealthier areas tend to have more green space and more nature. Like they just do. It's unfortunate. And I think there's a lot of people in the world trying to change that and make green space more available to everyone. But in a place like San Diego... Sometimes these wealthier spots have like the beach or trees. And there's just something that happens to our nervous system when we're around areas like that. Like we often just, our nervous system often chills out. Our blood pressure often lowers. 
our immune response boosts. It's like scientifically proven that being in nature makes us feel better. So I think it's really cool that you did that and you went on walks. I think walking is a game changer. Like I think we're going to read more and more books about the simple act of walking. I mean, we were just born to walk and so many problems and solutions come to my head when I'm walking, especially when I'm walking outside somewhere cool. Yeah, it's so true. And I remember when I first was trying to learn how to meditate and I thought it had to be a certain way and I had to have the music and the, you know, the sitar and all that. And that's all fine too. I still like to hear those things, but really the best is silence and just walking by myself and just trying to, you know, not make it a perfect thing, but just being quiet. And that, that really helps. Yeah. I think that's the other thing about adventure is like, it rips away this ideal for perfection. When you're going surfing or you're on a hike, you're not thinking about hiking perfectly, or you're not thinking about surfing perfectly. You're not thinking about rock climbing perfectly. And I think most of us, probably if you're listening to this podcast, you have a little bit of this perfectionist in you. At least I do. And I think adventure was a really great way for me to like let that go. Because when you're surfing a wave or climbing up a rock, you kind of like have to surrender a little bit and go with the flow. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And that's part of learning and growing. And usually when you fall surfing, at least, it's like super fun because you're in the water. It's joyful. It's funny. And you just keep doing it. It's it's not a big deal. It's not like hitting the pavement if you're skateboarding. And, you skateboarding know. <laughs> is a different thing. I just, I've done that too. I don't really skateboard anymore. But the idea for these pro tips, I made them because I'm not a huge reader. Like I love books. I think they're super powerful. But I wanted to be able to just like turn to a page and have someone tell me what to do, especially when I was stuck or scared or a little lost. And I'd read all these adventure books my entire life and none really told you how to deal with the psychological part about having an adventure, even a small adventure. And so I'm glad you liked the pro tips because they weren't totally an afterthought, but like I really wanted to have them in and I had to fight a little bit to make them part of the book. No, I think it's helpful because people like action steps, you know, tell me what to do. I mean, I remember at, at Hay House Radio, so many people would call the different authors and they would say, you know, they would want that answer. Like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And of course, a lot of times you can't just tell someone what to do with their life, but you can give them a little tip. Like, here's some advice for you. Try this. So I think that's really helpful. I think we all have decision fatigue. You know, there's yeah. so many decisions we have to make every single day. So if someone can just like help guide us, like right. do that, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. It's very helpful. And I love that in the book. And also, I think you talked about this at the TED Talk too, where you taught for a lot of summers at Izzy's uh, Surf Diva Surf School. And what I liked hearing about is the change that these women would come that have never surfed before, and they would accomplish this feat that they never thought they could do. And then they'd come back and say, Shelby, I, I got a divorce, or I left that crappy job. Or it, it was proof. It spurred something in them to make a change. And I just think that's so powerful, you know, taking someone out of their normal you know, thing and then putting these women on surfboards and the change that would happen was just so cool to hear about. It was so crazy. I mean, that's not to say that if, if you if you go surfing, you're going to like leave your partner. Right. That's not the goal, <laughs> right? It's that they would get out of relationships that were no longer serving them and jobs that they didn't love and do something else with their life. They weren't just becoming bums and surf bums. They were going to do something else greater with their lives. And then 
the changes they would make for the positive would keep going and going and going. And I taught surfing at a really young age. I was 16 years old. And most of the women who were coming in to take lessons were a little bit older than me. And I just thought it was so cool. Like I once had an 80 year old real estate agent who couldn't even swim, come and take a surf class. And she loved it. And then like a couple of weeks later, she showed up in her like fancy Jaguar. And she's like, check this out, Shelby. She had a Surf Diva sticker that she tagged on her own Jaguar. So it was like this fancy, shiny car <laughs> with a surf sticker. And she just was so proud of the fact that she had learned to ride a wave. She wasn't even good, you know, like she could barely stand up, but is the point. Like the point is that she got out there. And um, I think that's the point about adventure. It's not that you complete one. It's that you get out of your comfort zone and you start one. Because if an adventure is a little hard, sometimes you don't succeed. And that's okay. The point is that you got out on the trail. Right. At least you tried. And I think for women, it's so important because we're so stuck in our boxes sometimes or expectations, societal or family kind of wanting us to be in a certain way. And I can just imagine the joy that lady felt at 80, you know, to jump on a surfboard and do something totally different. Um, and I think that if, if you don't, it's at your own peril. Like you described very honestly in the book, some of your struggles and, you know, dealing with depression. And I think if people don't ask themselves these questions about what's really going to make them happy, things are going to start deteriorating. I mean, that that's what you felt, right? Like your health is really going to take a hit. Yeah. I, I had a great job. Like I had a dream job and I just thought I was going to be a writer. Like I just wanted to see what else was out there. I didn't like you know, yeah, I was 29. So I know I sound like I was just the typical millennial and I'm actually ten technically a Gen X or maybe I'm like in between. But, you know, I just, I wanted to be writing about adventures and it was not a lucrative decision to quit a marketing job at the height of the recession for one of the best companies that continue to double every single year. I mean, it probably would have had a lot more money if I had stayed. But I was so curious about what else was out there. And the truth is, is I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. So I could quit. And because I knew I could quit and I wasn't quitting and I wasn't risking, I got really depressed. And the depression kept going and going and going. And I don't think any amount of medication could have gotten me out of that depression. Like I actually just had to make a physical change. And it's hard and it's really scary. And I mean, there's days today where it's still scary. I mean, writing a book was really scary and putting my story out there was really scary. Um, but I don't know, when you go pursue the thing you really want to do, even if you don't have massive success, it sets you free in a way that makes you feel so alive. And for me, that's like, that's how I measure wealth. Do I feel alive? can I do what I want most of the time with who I want? And do I feel joy? And I'm not saying we all have to be happy. Like happiness is talked about a lot. And, you know, part of life is not always being happy. But I think having a purpose is really important. And for me, I've found my purpose through adventuring. And the cool thing about adventure is it builds courage. You do one thing outside that scares you, you can go do something on land inside with your job, with your own relationship, that's also scary. And I've, I've just, I see it with little girls. It's so wild. The little girls that surf are so confident, so confident. And they're not afraid <laughs> to like speak up 
And it's just really cool to watch. So I think, I think we can learn a lot from kids too. Like they're confident if they're outside of nature doing kind of hard things. Right, right. Absolutely. I think there's such a, a lesson there. Um, and especially for us in overcoming our fear, like so many people stay in the job or the relationship that should have been changed a, a long time ago. And there is a lot of fear and I get there's a lot of economic uncertainty and we're all afraid, you know, unless yeah, and sometimes we have to, and that's okay yeah. too. And even if, if you have to, I think you can start microdosing nature on the side just to make yourself feel better. Like I tell people not to quit their job. Like sometimes quitting your job is really stressful and adds more trauma to your life. I also tell people if there's a lot of trauma in their life or they're going through something really hard and they need to deal with the emotional side of their life, like don't go hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Like that's just going to add more like craziness to your nervous system. Do something that's healing that's enjoyable, that gets you outside your comfort zone a little bit, but doesn't like crush your nervous system. Yeah. It can be baby steps. Totally and you outline that there's like a great checklist in the book. You know, how do you, how do you even find, like, I have, I have a friend that she always says, Oh, I don't know what I'm good at. I'm just, I'm not good at anything. Like people think it has to be some big thing. Like you're a musician or you're, you know, a best-selling author or something like that. And, and I tell her, I go, you know what you're good at? is you're the most like anal organized person I've ever met in my life. That's if awesome. I could have your superpower, you know, I would like that, but she doesn't see that. Like, I think people sometimes need to recalibrate a little bit to, you know, what, what can work. And, and the list that I, that I think in the book is so cool is like, what, what makes you forget to eat? You know, what brings you joy? What can you like get so engrossed in and just love it? And those are like little signs, right? Those are check, check marks of yeah. what, what you should be doing. Signs are important. And I know we go woo on this podcast and I think it's so cool, but I think signs in nature will definitely put, you know, I mean, a trail is the biggest metaphor in life and a sign will show you which way to go. And when you go the wrong way, you'll hit a dead end. But I think that's important because in life, sometimes we also hit dead ends and we sometimes ignore them. So there's, it's as equally important to listen to the signs that point you in the direction you want to go as it is to listen to the signs that are telling you like, hey, you're going the wrong way. You're going to fall off a cliff. If you keep going, you're going to continue to get hurt. And I mean, I ran the wrong way a lot of times in my life and physically and metaphorically like split my lip open. I have stitches in multiple places in my body. Like sometimes you're going to learn the hard way if you keep ignoring the signs. So it's really important to pay attention. Absolutely. That's good advice. And what would you say to people that, you know, what if they, you know, the best laid plans, like you were saying, things go wrong. And I think sometimes people will get just totally, you know, crushed when something doesn't go exactly as they plan or it quote fails. And I think a lot of times, you know, when something fails, it's not actually a complete disaster. You know, you can learn from it, maybe do things a little bit differently and I think sometimes people expect it to be a great success or what they thought, but how, how have you learned from those things that didn't work out? Like the split lip or, you know, stitches, different, different situations. You know, I'll bring it to the book um, today because I have a lot of friends who came out with a book the exact same month that I did. And some of them are suffering because they're 
book sale expectation is quite lower when the, they thought it would be. First of all, if you come from the podcast world or the YouTube world, numbers are much higher as far as listeners than would be book. Like it's, I didn't know that it was like amazing to sell 5,000 books. That number just seemed so low. Someone told me that if you sell 1,000 books, you're like in the top 25% of people that sold books. Um, so to answer your question, like I think you have to, it sounds so cliche, but like you have to enjoy the journey. And then when you fail on your and fall, you have to learn from it and go a different way or not. But like even Yvonne Chouinard, who's the founder of Patagonia, says it's not an adventure until something goes wrong. That's kind of where the juice of the adventure happens. It's not necessarily the fun part of the adventure. So the most classic example I use in the book is I tell some other people's stories. There's a woman who's going through menopause while she's crossing Antarctica. And because tampons are like carry extra weight, she's used, she's using a diva cup and it gets stuck. And she's in the middle of Antarctica and this thing is like stuck inside of her and her and her husband are going to be like the first married couple to cross um, the South Pole on skis, unsupported and unaided. And it's gnarly. Like they're all alone in the middle of Antarctica. And, you know, the moment is funny in hindsight. It was not funny during. It was like a real serious emergency. Eventually she got unstuck and you can read about it in the book because it's a hilarious scene. But I think those are the moments that test us and teach us that we have to lean into like problem solving. One, don't panic. But two, afterwards, we have to lean into our sense of humor. Like I split my lip open surfing because I was hungover. I shouldn't have been surfing. I wanted to impress somebody. And the first thing I was worried about was that I wasn't going to be able to make out with another guy at the bar the next night, <laughs> which goes to show you what a little jackass I was at 30 years old. And you know, I wasn't 20. I was 30. So um, I don't know. You're going to learn and you're going to fall and adventure and adventure provides great metaphors for life. There was another example I talk about in the story where I was paddling down the Amazon river on a stand-up paddleboard. It's something any of you listening to this could do. I promise you stand on an inflatable board and like the river takes you downhill down river, but it's scary because we had never paddled. No one had ever been there. We weren't sure what lurked behind us. And a lot of things went wrong. Mostly the fact that the bugs did not care about our bug spray and we just got eaten alive and it was so uncomfortable and hot and sweaty. And I almost was going to wear a bikini, which I'm glad I didn't, but I had on some leggings that didn't fully cover my legs. And I learned so much about myself on that trip. Mostly I learned that like at that point in my life, as I was paddling the Amazon river, I was trying to be this Amazon version of myself. At the time I was trying to be this hardcore adventure journalist and keep up with the guys. So this was kind of in the earlier 2010s where there weren't a lot of female adventure journalists at the time. Um, yeah. And I had to chill out. Um, but I would have learned that lesson if I didn't physically go on this paddle and suffer a little bit. Yeah. That story really freaked me out when I read that in the book. <laughs> like you are crazy. But I, I mean, was I would have died. A grandma could have paddled it. It was like so easy. It was catered. We had like someone set up our tents it just was still scary. So I think one of the best ways to do an adventure 
And I think most of us think it's going to be so expensive, but it's really not. I think for the cost of a nice dinner, you can hire a guide to take you on a one-day, couple-hour rock climbing adventure or surf lesson or a whale watching trip. It's just not that expensive in the scheme of what we spend our money on as Americans. And it can be game-changing. And I'm not opposed to hiring a guide. I think it's like such a fast way to get into adventure without having the gear and to have an experience that's like really enjoyable because it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it for you. You can even have a, hire a guide to take you on a cool hike. Right. Admit, admit you don't know and you know, kind of surrender a little bit, have someone help you. And I think that's a, a big problem for a lot of people. They just don't want to ask for help. Well, really, I'm like totally fine asking for help. And then <laughs> if you don't want to ask for help, like give back, get involved with a, a charity that's already taking kids outside or adults outside and volunteer. Like, that's like a double bonus because you always get so much more from giving than you ever get from getting. And you're outside in nature doing an adventure. It's like so cool. In San Diego, there's an organization called Outdoor Outreach. They take at-risk kids surfing, kayaking, sailing, mountain biking, snowboarding. They do trash cleanups. Like it's so cool. And that's a great organization to get involved with. And all around the country, there are tons of organizations working really hard to get more people outside that don't necessarily have access to it. Yeah. Just get a little bit out of your comfort zone. I mean, what's next for you? Like you're out there putting your tentacles out in the world, got the book and, you know, challenging yourself, which I think is so great to do these different things. I mean, what, what do you think is next for you and your wild adventure? Right now, I, I think writing a book it was a really wild adventure. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is that at the end of a big adventure, you have to take some time to recover and recuperate. And I'm really trying hard to take my own medicine and listen to my own advice on this one. And so this summer, I like purposely am not really taking on big jobs. I am taking on some consulting clients and that's been really fun. People have been hitting me up to help them pursue their own wild ideas and they're paying me to do it. And I enjoy it. I get like one or two people calling me a day to either help them with their podcast or help them figure out what to do next. And finally, Johnny was like, you don't have time to just keep helping people. You're really good at it. Just charge people for it. And I was like, okay, you know, why not? Like I'm, and people show up way better when they're paying for it. So it's a great energy exchange and I'm really liking that. Um, but really I'm just leaning into big kid energy. I'm like, trying to be available for my nephews. I have seven-year-old nephews who are in junior lifeguard camp right now. And afterwards, we're going to go surfing and we're going to go play in the pool. And honestly, when I wrote this book, I was like so looking forward to just connecting with people like you. Like hosting a podcast and writing a book can be really lonely. And so when you find these other podcasters who are weirdos like you, it's really fun to connect with them and share your stories. And, you know, I feel so much less alone. I just love people. Like some people are animal people. I'm I'm a people people. Like I could have pet people. <laughs> Our house is constantly streaming in with little neighbor kids who let themselves in and know where the popsicles are in our refrigerator and think our whole house is a dance party because we have a pretty minimalistic house with just a carpet, a podcast studio, and some surfboards, and then our bedrooms. <laughs> so we have like a dance floor in our house. And yeah, big kid energy, which means I'm not even watching heavy TV shows or heavy movies. I'm not like engaging in too many deep conversations. Like I'm trying to keep things light and fun because I just did something really hard. And I know the next adventure is around the corner 
I am, I did book a trip. I'm not going to lie. So I've spent a lot of time in Latin America for work and I've really spent no time in Europe. So my partner and I, we booked a trip to Europe to do a week in Switzerland and a week in Spain. And it's like a bucket list trip. Wow. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, when I finish the book, I'm going to do that. And I think that's part of living wildly. Like it's really nice to have something else to look forward to in life. And I think that's what keeps us going. And so if you can put like a hike on the books or a trip to get a cool plant or whatever it is within your budget that makes sense, makes you feel good. Maybe you're going to volunteer one day. I don't know. I, I just think that adds up. It does. I mean, I hope people pick up the book. I really enjoyed it. And if and I did leave a review and I was the one that said, I think that you're the person to go have the beer with. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Instead of like, uh, you know, someone who's the self-help guru that, that's out of reach, like you're in the trenches sharing your experience. And that really comes across the authenticity in the book. I really liked it. So awesome. it's given me some things to think about on my own wild adventure <laughs> and who knows what will happen. So well, we'll I'm see. excited. I think you've created an awesome network and just appreciative of you for having me on. And you know, what I say in the book is you could take what you like and leave the rest. Like I'm no guru. I'm just telling you a couple of examples of people and how they've done it. And yeah, people really like the book. And the best part has been people who said, Hey, your book changed my life and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It's, it's pretty mind blowing. So yeah, maybe your wild idea is writing a book. I highly recommend doing it, but proceeding with caution. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen a lot of people do it. I mean, in the Hay House days, I worked with a lot of book, um, you know, first time authors and it's like a baby, right? I mean, you're just doing all this thing. You put it out in the world, you know, you hope for the best. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a cool idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that too. We'll see. That could be my next well, wild now idea. AI can help you. I was like three months too early. I'm like, if right. I had been three months later, AI could have at least edited my book. Yeah. There's tools out there to help. It's been so cool to talk with you, Shelby, and get some good ideas of my own. And I hope that people check out your podcast. It's out there, Wild Ideas Worth Living, and also get the book, Will to Wild, Adventures Great and Small to Change Your Life. And catch Shelby online, shelbystanger.com. And you never know where she's going to pop up next. She's out there on a wild adventure. Thanks, and Diane. I appreciate it. And <laughs> I also have a podcast called Vitamin Joy about combining mental health and humor. And I have some like pretty wild guests coming on Wild Ideas soon. So I really appreciate you having me on. And, um, you know, if they say it, as, the, as I say at the end of all my podcasts and the book, I really believe that you know, some of the best ideas happen when you follow your wildest idea. And I hope if you're listening to this, you kind of go for it. Go for it. Keep the wild ideas flowing. If you like this podcast, make sure you follow me and I would appreciate that. Check out all the other amazing podcasters on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels 
on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.